of us really don't have any dream about Nigeria. If we talk about dream at all, we talk about our dream for ourselves and for our family. And it's so refreshing when you, um, you know, especially meet young people who have dreams of what they want to see Nigeria become in their lifetime. Uh, that's, that's why, you know, when, when they came up with the idea, I said, okay, it's good, let's do it. <laughs> uh, it's good to plant dreams, especially in the heart of the younger generation, about what the Nigeria uh, um, that we have all hoped for can be like. And it's my prayer that in my lifetime and your lifetime, a lot of these things will come to pass. In the precious name of the Lord Jesus, I'll say a better amen. Um, all right, is um, we call this Rep Your Tribe Sunday. All right, um, it's so refreshing to wear native to church on Sunday. I, 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 I will try to do this a little more, even outside of Rep Your Tribe. My, um, I'm Nigerian, I'm a Yoruba man, and then I'm a citizen of heaven. Praise God. <laughs> I said, Praise God. All right, so some people, you know, uh, maybe they didn't get the information and they used to, you know, coming to church. Uh, they are repping their tribe, they are Europeans. We know they are in the service this morning. <laughs> Praise just that they are black. <laughs> they are black Europeans. Praise God. <laughs> I said, Praise God. Join me this morning in your Bibles. Um, I'm going to read from Matthew 28 and verse 18. I've titled this The Hope of Nigeria. The Hope of Nigeria. And if you don't want us to discuss the hope of Nigeria and then you, 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 you want me to give another title, then you can call it Awakening the Conscience of a Nation. <laughs> Awakening the Conscience of a Nation. Matthew 28, and I'll read from verse 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The Lord bless the reading of his word. I'll take a second text from Matthew 22. Matthew 22, if you've been here uh, for the past two weeks, you know that we're kicking out a campaign this morning that we call Mission 555. And uh, there's, there's no better time to, to roll out this campaign than, you know, this time that we're celebrating the independence of our nation. Matthew 22, I'll read from verse 34. Matthew 22, verse 34, I'll read down to 40. Matthew 22 from verse 34, the scribes, uh, the, 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 the scribes ask him, which is the first of all, the first commandment of all. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a, a question, testing him and saying, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law. And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. 
The second is like it. That means they weigh the same, the way you call it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Praise God. I said, praise God. I'd like to share with us this morning, like I said, as we roll out this mission 555, which is an evangelistic campaign, I'd love to share with us this morning what I believe in the opinion of the scriptures is the hope of this nation. And the only way by which we can awaken the conscience of this nation. Because we're dealing with a nation that is dead, that has its conscience seared with hot iron. A nation where we no longer feel some things that we need, we, we, we're supposed to feel. Now, let me play around a little bit. Let's look at the trajectory of a child that is a normal child that is born in Nigeria. I mean, to the regular family, the average family, the normal family that you can pick on the street. So this child is born, and he, says he, he, he experiences some level of poverty. He experiences some level of strain and some things that we have gotten used to as being normal. And because our conscience is almost completely dead, some things that are supposed to be seen as hard life has become normal for us. So we, 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 uh, we, we, our children will grow up with some measure of anger. On Wednesday, uh, um, we're here, and uh, one of our speakers, uh, Chude, who was born in 1985 and lived the early part of his life, you know, experiencing, you know, the military rule and all that, you know, poured out his mind here, now an accomplished, you know, uh, journalist and uh, one of the young Nigerians pushing the frontier of the new Nigeria. He wrote a book recently, Away the Turning Point Generation, and the book is currently making waves, especially on the new media. Uh, uh, he, you know, he said a lot, and he, he, it, it brought something to my mind, which is that the younger generation are very different from the generation of people born in the 60s and even the 70s. Because if you were born in the 70s, you would have experienced some things before you started experiencing what happened in the 80s. But the people born in the 80s, their realities are totally different. Because they were born into military rule, they were born into uh, SAP. Yeah? They were born into, and they experienced all that. Now, the regular guy in Nigeria who was born into all that, you know, will grow up with this sense of animosity for this nation, this sense of, you know, rebellion. That's why, you see, when things are working, when the family is functional, violence will not be pronounced. You won't see a father slapping a mother. You won't see children wrestling down themselves and possibly cutting themselves with knife. Am I saying the truth? But that's what we see in our nation today. So the trajectory of the average Nigerian young person is that he grows up with some bit of poverty. He has some anger in him. He, 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 
he cannot bear with people's excesses or weaknesses. So he gets into primary school, and before you know it, he is, you know, he's terrorizing, you know, his colleagues. He gets into secondary school, and he's already, like, trying to join a gang. Then you see a pen knife in his pocket. He's, uh, you know. And then by the time he gets into the university, he's a court boy. At that time, he has developed capacity to, you know, his conscience is already totally seared, and he, 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 he can kill. Am I saying the truth? And then if there's no intervention, what happens? This young person, if he escapes rustication in the university, gets out of the university, joins corporate Nigeria, and he becomes a crook. He, 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 he doesn't want to do a good day's job for a good day pay. He, you know, he maneuvers his employers, you know, does all kinds of things. If he escapes into politics, he becomes a mega crook. And a lot of our governors and senators today walk through the same trajectory. That's why people can steal our money in billions and their conscience will not prick them. That's why people can be dying without doctors in the hospital and the people who can do anything about it, you know, does nothing about it. A few months ago, a young couple in this church, they got married last year. Um, the wife was about to put to bed. She's a member of a choir. And they, they, they went to the hospital. Um, the child came premature. And, you know, we were rallying around them, you know, trying to sort them out. And eventually we got them into uh, um, Lagos State University Teaching Hospital, Loot. And... Um, to cut a long story short, this child was in the incubator and the doctors went on strike. <laughs> uh, I remember Pastor Emmanuel's wife, my wife, they almost couldn't sleep all through that night. We were looking, Pastor Emmanuel's wife got home that day, maybe at 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. We're looking all around for any private hospital with incubator that we can put this child because we have been releasing our faith that this child will not die. But we need to do the right thing. Now, the place they, where they put the incubator, where ordinarily they, they didn't allow anybody to enter, you know, the place has to be sterile and all that. Even the mother couldn't enter the place. The place was left open ajar, 24 hours. Everybody was entering the place. The kids in the incubator, they were dying. They brought this young boy named Olua Jamiloji to my house this week. And, you know, I couldn't just you know, keep my joy for the God that we serve. But for God, that boy will be dead today. This boy came just, is it six and a half months? He was just as in utmost care for these boys to survive. Thank God he's alive today. But that's, that's just God. And that's, that's what I'm saying. That, that's the kind of nation we live in. Many of the boys or, and girls there packed up, died within that one week. It was so bad <laughs> that we were looking for generator for a federal hospital 
for that, uh, um, I don't know what they call the place where they keep the incubators, for the place to keep working. Because they shut down everything. And it went on strike. Now, this is not to, I mean, if you are a doctor, you'll probably do what you have to do. So the blame is not for them. But how did we get to that point? So when I'm saying that we need to awaken the conscience of this nation, then you need to understand what I'm talking about. We can't live in a nation where people will die for just any reason and we expect that their blood will not speak against us. I don't know if you're, if you're coming along with me this morning. So if you, if you run through that kind of trajectory, that's what we continue to get. And if we cannot do anything about it, they, that means the, the cycle continues. The only hope that we will break this cycle is the gospel of Christ. And on a daily basis, we are becoming weaker and weaker in this particular area. Is somebody still with me this morning? Yeah. Why did, I, why, why, why did I say that the only hope that will turn around this trajectory is the gospel of Christ? See, there's something about the heart of a man. The only thing that can reach it and turn it around remains the gospel of peace. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12. The Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful. King James Version. It says sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing into the asunder of bone and marrow is the discerner of thought and the intent of the heart. See, there's, there's a part of man that nothing can reach except the word of God when it comes to transforming it. There's no government policy that can change the trajectory of a life that is on the first lane to hell. More money injected into the economy will not do it. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying today. Yeah. For a child who is recalcitrant, that the devil is sitting on his shoulder, it's not new schools. New schools will do something. But new schools will not reach the heart of the child. Are you still with me today? And if you keep churning out people like that, in that format, there's no hope that our Senate will be able to make good laws in 10 years, in 20 years, we may continue on the same cycle. This has been our trajectory, you know, I'm sure from the late 60s, 70s. The people who are governors today, they were, they went through a particular home and some schools, some, you know, most, <laughs> a lot of them, a lot of our lawmakers ran through the same trajectory. And we need to break it. We need to break it. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Matthew 28, which we call the Great Commission. All authority has been given to me. He said, therefore, go. I'm sending you. Go. Make, the disciple, make disciples of all nations. He said, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe everything. That I've commanded you. Said, Lo, I'll be with you. We need to be able to awaken the conscience of this nation one soul at a time. 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 
The church, ladies and gentlemen, is the hope of the world. It's the hope of the world. And the church still remains the hope of Nigeria. Any attempt to Islamize Nigeria is an attempt to break it. So, you know, the only thing that, that, that can actually keep this nation together is the church when the church is working well. Telling you the truth. The church and when the church is working well. And how do I mean the church is working well? That means we're taking hold of our responsibility as believers. And our first and foremost responsibility is that we are saved to save other believers. First assignment that Jesus gave to us is that we must be believers that can reach other believers. We just went through the Ebola scare, you know, and it, it reminds, it should remind us of something. And that's that there's something about the contagious disease that you just need somebody to catch it. One person brought it in from Liberia and the whole country almost went to a pandemonium. Am I saying the truth? Now, can I speak to the conscience of this church this morning? That if only we can become contagious Christians. It really doesn't take time for the gospel of peace to ravage this country. And somebody may be asking me the question this morning, how do you become a contagious Christian? It's by embracing the great commission and the great commandment. That's why I read the two scriptures. Matthew 28, Matthew 22. The great commission and the great commandment. The key to contagious Christianity is a combination of the great commission and the great commandment. That's how to become a contagious Christian. And except we make up our minds to become contagious Christians, we'll keep the same cycle. The trajectory will remain the same. We'll keep churning out people who will plunder the fortune of this country. That's, that's what will keep happening. That's what will keep happening. That's what will keep happening. Wherever the gospel of peace has been given the right way, especially in, ingrained into the fabrics of the foundation of a nation, it automatically leads to development and good life. Europe may be far away from God today, Everyone that will live in that nation will live with the Judeo-Christian principles with which the constitution and the way of life has been formed before they were born. And they, 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 they're not able to do anything about it. We didn't start on that premise. Our founding fathers did not use Judeo-Christian principles. I hope you understand what I'm saying. It's never too late for us to get the attention of this nation one soul at a time and start to turn things around. Start to turn things around gradually. Now, the big question, 
has always been God asking the question. He asked the prophet Isaiah the question in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8 to 13. I read from Isaiah chapter 6 and verse number 8. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall we send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go and tell these people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of these people dull, and their hairs heavy, and shut their hairs, lest they see with their hairs, with their, heart, their, their eyes, and hear with their hairs, and understand with their heart, and return and be healed. Then I said, Lord, how long? And he answered, until the cities are laid waste and without inhabitants, and the houses are without a man, and the land is utterly desolate. And the Lord has removed men far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land, and yet a tent will be in it. And I will return and be for consuming. Terrible tree as an oak whose stump remains when it is cut down. So the holy seed shall be a stump. What the prophet was describing here was a conversation with God. God asking a question. Who shall go for us? Who shall we send? And God said, you know what? I mean, the prophet said, here I am, send me. And then God started describing to him. Because the prophet said, so when, how will this thing happen? When will it be? God said, look, I won't get their attention until they have become desolate. And there, there shall be a remnant, like a stump of a tree that has been cut down. And that, that's when I'll start to build. God forbid that this will be the prophecy of Nigeria. Where there will be ravaging and we won't listen. And until everything has been cut down, and then there will be a remnant, and then God starts to work with that. No. Because he said, the only way that will happen is if they will not hear, and their heart will be dull. They will not be able to perceive. That's why I'm saying that we need to awaken the conscience of this nation. Because anything short of that will get us into real, real trouble with God. Real trouble with God. And look at what Paul, writing to the Romans church, wrote in Romans chapter 10, still in the same vein of who shall we send? Paul, writing from verse 14 of Romans chapter 10, how then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? Talking about the people. And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? That they need to hear the gospel before they can believe. How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace and who bring glad tidings of good things. Ladies and gentlemen, my announcement to you this morning is that you have been sent. According to the Great Commission, we have been sent. See, in the Old Testament, God was asking, who shall we send? Who will go for us? In the New Testament, Jesus said, I give you a command. It's not a suggestion, a command. It's not a suggestion, it's a command. That's the only way we can arrest the conscience of this nation. 
need you to understand as a round off this morning that sin is not an idea. Sin is not an action. Sin is a phenomenon. Sin is a nature. And the Bible says righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. And the starting point is for us to break the nature of sin by accepting Christ as Lord and Savior. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. The moment we continue to perpetuate sin from young to older generation, what we continue to see is the offshoot of death. Death in every sector. Because people are saying, oh, this place is dying. That one, education is dying. That one... And somebody may be asking me questions this morning. That I did not see in America. How come the education system is not dying? That may be the question in the heart of somebody. Let me answer you. What we are dealing with is different. I'm telling you the truth. America is already set on a path. Policy-driven, dialogue-based, sustainable democracy. Foundation finished. We don't have a foundation. And you can only build on the foundation. Are you still with me this morning? Stop comparing Nigeria with America. We need to be rescued. And the only way for us to be rescued is for us to rebuild the foundation by appeasing the conscience of men and women in this nation through the gospel of peace. There's no heart that the word of God cannot touch. There's no heart that the gospel of peace cannot touch. All I'm asking this month is that somebody in this church will become a contagious Christian. Somebody in this church will become a contagious Christian. And that somebody in this church, in this month of October, will start to do something differently. One thing I want us to do differently is to focus on that which touches the heart of God. I'm going to talk more on this as the month progresses. That which touches the heart of God. One thing, you, you see, you can't say you love God and what touches his heart does not touch your heart. You are a fake Christian. I can't say I love my wife and everything that is important to her that is not important to me. I'm just deceiving myself. The utmost thing in the heart of God is souls. So I cannot be a contagious Christian if I walk into my office every day, people are on the fast lane to hell, living anyhow, riotous living, like a prodigal son, and it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. Some of us even have people in our immediate family that we know if, if anything happened today and they have to give up the ghost, there's no remedy. Yet it doesn't touch us. It doesn't bother us. The least you can at least do this month is to pick up our sleep, write their names down. In all our services this month, we'll be praying for souls. Write their name. Drop it. We'll have a basket. We'll put them in front here. Every service, Sunday, Wednesday, we'll pray for souls. Let's sow the seeds of prayer. And then let's take it a little further. 
we have the mission tracker cards that's going to be given out in this service. Mission 555 is very simple. Pray for five, speak to five, invite five to church. Simple. Simple. Pray for five, speak to five, invite five. People you speak to, put down their name, send it to us. We want to put them on our mailing list so we can send them daily devotional, send them periodic encouragement after every month. They don't have to necessarily come here, but we want to connect with them. Well, at least as many you can invite, invite them. Let them come here and be a part of what is happening here. Let's, let's sow a seed in their heart. Let's sow a seed in their heart. Many people have passed through this church since the last four years. If I have the statistics next Sunday, uh, which is our anniversary Sunday, I'm going to be reeling out the figures. Number of guests we've had from inception. Number of people have given their life to Christ from inception. And you'll be shocked. How many people we've been able to touch just by bringing them in? We'll retain some, but we'll bring them in and sow the seed. Some people, have, I've met people all around the world. I've met people at airport who will say, look, maybe I watched your broadcast or I came into your church, somebody invited me once. And I can still remember what you said that day. What Jesus said is that we should spread the seed. We keep spreading. We never get tired. And if you really want to be the kind of Christian that God can count on, you must be a part of that spreading of the seed. Somebody stay with me this morning. There is somebody stay with me this morning. So we need to focus on becoming that contagious Christian who has the word of God in his mouth. You know some Christians are mute, deaf and dumb when it comes to the gospel. They say they are Christians, but you never hear the gospel or anything that has to do with God come out of their mouth outside of when they come to church and they shout hallelujah. A contagi any contagious disease has to be, something has to be coming from you. Is that you are sneezing? Or you, for, you, for you to pass it to somebody else? Am I saying the truth? When the devil prevails in shutting our mouth, we cannot infect people. We cannot. And we're supposed to be potent, salt and light. That's, that was how we're described in the scripture. Salt and light. These are two things that you cannot gainsay them. Wherever there's light, you cannot, light does not struggle with darkness. Have you seen a place before you came in here this morning? It was still dark and then you put on light and the light, the light was coming, darkness was pushing it back and they were struggling. No. The moment light comes, light has come. If you make the mistake, if you have salt, real salt, I'm not talking about the type there, some of the ones they sell today. Real salt, you put it, you mistakenly pour it into anything, it's finished. No, you can't reverse it. That, 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 that's how we were described in the scriptures. That's why we need to fight and hold the conscience of this nation in our hands. Somebody stay with me this morning. I said, somebody stay with me this morning. Lift your right hand with me this morning. Father, we thank you for grace released over this congregation. We thank you for your blessings over our nation, Nigeria. And Lord, this morning we ask, start from us here. Touch our hearts. Make us the repairers of the broken down bridges. Make us the connectors 
We speak to every conscience under the influence of this service this morning. Awaken us to righteousness. Use us this month to play our part in the restoration of our nation. Make us contagious Christians indeed. Help us to focus on your instruction this month. Help us to embrace the Great Commission. Help us to show that we love you with all of our heart, which is the Great Commandment. And as we do that this month, let the heavens open over somebody. Let the blessing of the soul winner come upon somebody here. Lord, as somebody will pay attention to that which touches your heart this month, let everything that touches their own heart become your concern. In the name of the Lord Jesus, whatever has considered a distraction, whatever has taken everyone, anyone here out of that path of walking with you diligently, we ask this morning for restoration. We ask for a ordering of steps.